0: Rachel is a New York Times best-selling author and a speaker with a heart to help others become smart with their money, and that is exactly what we're going to be talking about today. Friends, I'm super excited about this episode because I know that money is something that every single one of us struggles with. I know that a lot of the women in our community are carrying some major school and credit card debt. I know that others are trying to figure out how to spend less and save more. We're all trying to figure out if we need a budget, how to create a budget, how to stick to a budget, and we're just not really sure about any of that. I know that for so many of us, we feel stuck and just plain lost when it comes to our money and that that makes our financial lives so hard, but it also makes the rest of our lives hard too. Our finances hold us back from so many of the things we want to do in our lives, and we just don't know how to change that. And y'all, that's why I'm super excited to have Rachel on the show today. First of all, Rachel is a friend who gets it. She's a fellow spender who didn't love the idea of being on a budget either. And so the things she teaches us to do are actually practical, doable, and won't ruin our fun. They'll actually enable us to have more fun. I love that. She's also brilliant. I left this conversation feeling empowered and excited about the prospect of taking charge of my financial life. And I know that you're going to feel the exact same way. Also, I have to say that hands down, Rachel's Fun Fact is my favorite one we have ever had on the show. The second she shared it with me, I knew we were going to be best friends. I cannot wait to share this episode with you. But before I do, there's something I wanted to make sure to tell you about. So you guys, if you are a small group leader or really a leader of any kind of group of women, whether it's at church, in your sorority, at work, I have something that you are not going to want to miss out on. So when we think back on our lives, I would bet every single one of us has a story about a woman who's impacted us, who created a safe space for us, taught us more about ourselves and maybe even about Jesus. And it is just the coolest thing when we get to turn around and be that woman for somebody else, whether it's a group of interns we lead at work or a bunch of high schoolers we're mentoring. Being a small group leader for a bunch of college women is one of the most rewarding things I've ever done in my life. And it's what inspired every single thing we do around here. The problem is, leading a group of women isn't always easy. We have this idea of what our group is going to be like, right? It's going to be a group of close friends being open and honest about their lives, and if we're leading a small group or Bible study, we're hoping that it's going to be the kind of space where people can dive into scripture together, meeting Jesus in deep and transformative ways. But the reality doesn't always look like that. In fact, often I think we look around our group realizing they just have not bonded the way we want them to. Women aren't opening up as much as we'd hope, and sometimes the biggest battle is getting people to show up at all. We look around our group and feel like it's falling flat, and we have no idea what to do about it. So for us as the leader, how do we fix this? How do we get a group to start working as a team, to become friends, to start trusting each other and opening up? Please tell me I'm not the only one who's frantically Googled small group icebreakers right before a gathering. Just a side note. Well, y'all, it took me forever to crack this code. And once I did, I knew I could not keep it to myself. My trick is the friendship small group guide I wrote a while back. It's a six week guide with no homework and all of the work done for you as a leader. And it's designed to help your group get to know each other, to become each other's people. Now this is not a Bible study, but it's my very favorite way to begin one because it helps create the foundation of trust and friendship that will take your small group, your team, your friendships, and even your studying of God's word to a deeper and more meaningful level. My sweet reader Kara went through the guide recently with her small group and this is what she said about it. She said, my group and I just finished your small group guide and we absolutely loved it. Our group wasn't super close to begin with. We were all friends of friends, but now we couldn't be closer. In the study, you asked questions that I would never think to ask. And talking through these things together transformed our group. They transformed me. Now I have five new best friends and I'm so grateful to this guide for making that happen. Seriously, best decision ever. Y'all, I love that. Also, as a quick little side note, if you're hoping to mentor or be mentored by someone, you can totally go through this guide, just the two of you. It is a great framework to get those conversations started. Friends, to learn more about the small group guide and to download the first chapter of the guide for free, go to stephaniemaywilson.com slash firstchapterfree. That link will be in our show notes as well. I cannot wait to share this with you. Okay, now with that said, let's jump into today's episode. Here's my conversation with Rachel. Okay, friends. I'm so excited for what we have going on today. I'm sitting here with my new friend, Rachel Cruz, who, if you don't know her, you're welcome in advance. You're going to love her. Um, and I seriously, I'm a giddy about our conversation today. I know you guys are going to love what we have in store. Um, and so before we jump into anything, Rachel, I'm going to put you on the spot and have you introduce yourself to us. Just okay. tell us who you are, what you do. And I'm going to ask you for a fun fact about yourself.
1: Oh, I so, can't wait. So good, so good luck. Good <laughs> luck. I'm excited. Good good. Well, first off, so, thanks for having me. So I mean, this is so fun. And I usually don't get to do interviews in person, like I'm, usually podcast stuff or anything. It's like over the phone or on I'm, Scott. And mm-hmm. we're like, literally like I'm, I can like touch you right now. I know. And I am.
0: <laughs> I know. We're, we have to be fair in the fact that we're not wearing yoga pants or like eating pizza, which is our thing. We're in a studio, which is very official.
1: But I literally had yoga pants and pizza last night at 8 p.m. Okay. So I like I will go back to my living room last night and it was fantastic. Friends was on. I was watching a Friends episode. So I
0: watched Friends last night too. It was per- Okay, see. It's perfect. Okay. It's perfect. Yeah. Here
1: we are. Here we are. Well, uh, well, I am Rachel Cruz and I am a personal finance expert, and that sounds so boring. <laughs> like when I say it out loud I'm like, "Oh my gosh." Um, but yeah, I travel the country. I speak, I write. I have a couple of books out. I have a new show on YouTube, and it's so fun. It's all just geared around My message is all about helping people get control of their money and creating a life they love. And so it's been really fun. I love getting into the... Nitty gritty of money, everything from investing and budgeting and getting out of debt, like the nerdy stuff, but also, like how do you walk into Target and not spend $200, right? Like, what are some money saving tips that we You're need? You're a unicorn. You're <laughs> yeah. a saint if you walk into Target don't... and don't buy a whole bunch of things exactly, you don't need. Exactly. Yes. It's like the yes. black hole of goodness, right? It you just really get lost is. in space and it it's really fantastic. really is. So, yes, yeah, so it's been great. I've been doing it for about eight years full time. Uh, my dad is Dave Ramsey, and that's usually the introduction I get from most people, which I'm great with, but it kind of puts <laughs> a little bit of context of my story and how I grew up and really um, grew this passion out of my family story because not a lot of people know, but my parents actually filed for bankruptcy the year I was born. So 30 years ago. And yeah, we just celebrated both of us 30th birthdays together. We so did. yeah, we were just talking about we that. Did. Yeah, So 30 years ago, which is just crazy. And so, you know, out of that pain and out of those horrible decisions that they made personally that caused that, you know, data went on this quest to figure out, okay, how does money work and went to Bible, went to common sense. I mean, just that whole thing. So his message took off, you know, beyond belief, helping millions of people. And so growing up in that and seeing the hope that's intersected in people's lives because of a topic that can be so hopeless to a lot of people and a lot of people are lost. And there's so many messages that are thrown at us of what to do, what you shouldn't do. And it's very confusing. And so you need a degree to figure out anything about money. right? Yeah. Yeah. That's the feeling people have. And I'm like, oh man. So I just love being able to really create a path for people to walk down that makes sense. It's cookies on the bottom shelf. It's things that you can apply to your life right now. And in the long term, set you up for a great future where you're not stressed out about money. So, mm. so yeah, that's kind of a little bit um, of, of what I do. And it's so fun. I all love the it. girls are
0: like nodding and going, yes, amen. Rachel, keep talking. <laughs> I have 8,000 questions. <laughs> and I have to tell you guys, I have like done my very best to ask all of the questions that I know you're wanting to ask. So Rachel, we're going to pick your brain Good. like crazy. But I love it. Fun fact. Yes. What's your
1: fun fact? Okay. Oh, I need
0: a fun fact. You need a fun fact. You're going to ask
1: me a question to set up my fun fact. Oh, Oh, sorry. Oh, okay. I need a fun fact about you. Oh, my goodness. Oh, gosh. (laughs) What came to my mind? It's not fun. It's actually pretty disgusting. And I probably (laughs) should get this checked by a doctor. (laughs) This is sounding great. Yeah. I have peed in my pants multiple times as an adult. (laughs) <laughs> like, like, not because I was laughing too hard. No, like I straight up, like got off of an airplane and I was like, I need to go to the bathroom. I need to go to the bathroom. I to go to the bathroom. No, I want to get home. I want to get home. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. And then you're like driving home. You're like, oh my gosh, I, I, can't. It's, I it's literally just to the point. Pants. Yeah. Oh yeah. And to the point that I walk in the house, I'm like, babe, to my husband, I'm like, I just peed in my pants again. He was like, Rachel. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, like, it's so bad, y'all. Like, And it happened once when I was speaking. No, At did. a church, yeah, it did. Were you on stage? I haven't told anyone this. I can't even tell what—well, I w- well, I told the pastor's wife. after. Oh, yeah. I was on—I was toward the very end, and I was like—I mean, I was—it dy- was probably a horrible ending. It probably didn't even make sense. I blacked out. I mean, it was terrible. And I remember thinking, oh, my gosh, people are—like, my jeans are dark. Like, my jeans are probably dark. Like, I mean, I was—I dy- was mortified. <laughs> I was like, we need to pray. We need to go to the Lord in prayer. And I prayed right off the stage, and I went to the—I sat down in the front row with the pastor's wife, and I was like, hey— and I was just met like 10 minutes ago before I went on stage. I just need to know. I just peed my pants. Could you tell? <laughs> she started dying laughing. And she was like, no, I couldn't. She's like, I swear I could. I couldn't. I was like, okay, well, listen, you probably can. And so I had a huge jacket because it was somewhere up north. And it was really cold. So I had a big, puffy, long jacket with me. And I was like, I need to put on my jacket and I need to leave. And she was so great. And she was like, perfect. When he wraps up, you and I are just going to get up and we're going to walk. We're going to walk side stage. We'll go back in the back. And everything will be fine. I'm like, "Thank you."
0: Horrible.
1: I, <laughs> this is the very, very best. This is the best it's, fun fact that
0: ever we've is, ever had. It
1: is terrible. So it's happened maybe not speaking, but like in life, probably five times. And this is before kids. And honestly, like getting say, pregnant I've... made it better. It was the it's the it is the weirdest I'm getting looks from all the people in the cell <laughs> <me> right now. <laughs> it's true. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I probably I, need to go get it checked. I, listen. <laughs>
0: I love this so much because I feel like the way that the pastor's wife handled this is why I love being a girl oh, because she it's was like, fantastic. listen, we've known each other for 10 minutes. Don't we don't know anything about each other, but I need to tell you something very true and kind of embarrassing about me and you're going to help me out and we're in this together. Yeah, and, and that is what woman is. And there has to
1: be no embarrassment in the moment for me because I was like, I have to go to facts. And the fact <laughs> is I like, just peed my pants. And if everyone gets up and tries to come talk to me, I mean, it's hor- so, it's horrible. Like I gotta, like, oh I yeah. Have to get she out was here. so sweet. She was like, it's okay. I've had three kids. I totally get it. I'm like, no, no. No, i'm 24 years old i don't you have. Like, I this didn't is have not children happy at yet. the time i was like i didn't have, i don't i've never had children so like there's <laughs> nothing like like i had a, a child in my womb that sat on my bladder and i peed my pants that way like yeah, oh. this is a <laughs> I'm
0: so, so happy it right That's now. It. I know Can you guys you believe it. Welcome,
1: Thank welcome you. <laughs> to girls' night. Welcome to girls'
0: night. Oh my gosh. Okay, listen. I cannot even find a good transition from here, but I'm gonna try. <laughs> do it.
1: Do it. Do it. Transition. Everyone's like, I'm, I lost all credibility. <laughs> I'm never gonna trust this girl with my money. No. Listen.
0: Listen. This is how girls' night works. You gained credibility. All the girls are like, oh, now we're friends. Okay, Rachel, tell me all about my money. It's totally. perfect. <laughs> um, okay, so I know that you you mentioned that you're Dave Ramsey's daughter, which I feel like, you know, you grow up in kind of a world that, you know, your parents are figuring out lots about money and starting to teach about money. What happened in your life? And I've heard you say this before, I think that it was like in your 20s where you kind of decided, because I mean, a lot of people's parents have all kinds of jobs, you know, and they don't decide to kind of follow in their footsteps. What happened in your life to go, listen, I want to teach this myself.
1: Did you like see something or see your friends handling money in a certain way? How did that happen? Yes. Well, early on, um, actually, this should have been the fun fact so people don't have to hear about me peeing in my pants. I started public speaking at 15 with dad. So I would travel in high school with him. And do like pitch these kids products we have from stage. They're like, it'd be so funny if, you know, Dave, you know, so I had the top 10 reasons why it was tough to be Dave Ramsey's kid. I had like this whole little bit that uh-huh. I did, like a 10 minute thing. And I would get a cut of whatever sold money-wise, whatever sold at that event. So that was kind of my job in high oh, school, my, which was awesome. was yeah. amazing. So it was so fun. So I was speaking, you know, in front of thousands, 5,000 people on the weekends and I loved it. So that was like one thing that I... Knew early on, and I probably wouldn't be able to verbalize it at 15, but it was totally a God moment where I feel like he was shaping my path slowly Mm -hmm. of just kind of putting that, hey, that thing in the back of my mind of, you love to do this. Not a lot of people love public speaking. It's like the number one fear or whatever of people. Um, And and you love it and you're, you know— you have to work at your skill, but you're naturally inclined to, to be comfortable up there, which in turn makes you a good speaker. The ones that are best are usually more comfortable. Yes. (laughs) So all of those things in my mind at 15, I was like, okay, I have this thing that's interesting. I kind of, kind of tucked it back in my mind. So I went off to college and didn't do any of that and just, you know, did young life and sorority and just kind of lived the college life. And probably my junior year, I remember really, I think because we were going to be graduating soon, my friends started talking more about money. And everything from the student loans they had taken out, the credit cards they had gotten, and it wasn't like people came up to me and like confessed all these things because I'm Dave Ramsey's Sorry, but it was just in conversation, right? In Girls' Night, right? You're yep. just sitting there talking and like, okay, well, I have this credit card bill. And, and I was like, wait, you got a credit card? And I'm like, yeah, freshman year. When they, and I was like, what? Like, oh, they're sitting on campus yeah. offering oh, them to you. Everywhere, yes. right. I mean, it's just insane. And so it, it just started to reveal all these mistakes and kind of this financial hole that a lot of my own peers and people, of course, I've never met before, but this common thread of people when it comes to their money at such a young age. And I remember thinking, oh, if only they had known this even just two years ago. And that's what people would say to me at events. They would come up to me in high school when I was in high school and say, I wish I had known this when I was younger. You know, if only I had not made these mistakes where I would be financially, it would be so different. And so I took that to heart. And when I graduated from college, I told dad, I was like, I love to speak. And I think this message of, I kind of looked at dad as the emergency surgeon and I was the preventative medicine. Oh, that's So okay. it's like, mm-hmm. if I can get to high school students and college students, that's what I want to do. And so that's what I thought my my whole gig was going to be for the rest of my life was talking to high school students and college students, which God help anyone <laughs> does that full time. Seriously, <laughs> it is difficult. It's very, very hard, hard but- pray for you. Exactly, yeah. And so I did that, you know, for a good three, four years and put out Bible studies around this topic. And so it really just became my heart and passion. But as I got older and got married and had kids, you know, my message kind of sh- changed with the season of life I was in. And then I realized my audience that I had a little audience that I had formed, sort of, you know, that were listening were growing up as well and getting new people. And so it's been fun to see my message, in a sense, shape where I am today. And so that's been fun as well. But yeah, but that was a big thing is that was it. I was like, I want to do this. And And most people, when they hear, oh, you work for your dad or you do this, it's almost like, of course you do. Like a little bit of that sometimes. And it was so funny because when I talked to mom and dad about it, they set me down and dad was like, do you understand because of your last name? You're already three feet under and you're going to have to work twice as hard. You're going to have to stay twice as long. You have to come in early. Like you have to earn the fact that you are a Ramsey and that comes with great blessing, but it also comes with a lot of responsibility and yeah. just within your peers and our company's wonderful. I mean, the team members that have such great attitudes are you know, it was not a chip on their shoulder by any means that I was like the boss's kid coming in, but it's a sense of, it's a true thing of like, Hey, you're going to have to work twice as hard and we're not going to pay you as much. <laughs> like, like I look back, my husband, and I, I'm like, what I made my first few years out of school is just like any other. Everybody else. Yes. I mean,
0: which so, is so good. Like I were
1: going out to dinner with Winston and we were like, do we get, do we get a Coke we're like it's three dollars, six bucks. Let's just get water. I mean, like yes. I'm having those conversations, like yep. totally. So, yep. um, yeah. So it was not an um, it was a it was a definitely I believe a calling on my life, but it was not a shoe in. It was not this. Oh yeah, come in and enjoy your life. Like you have to work, and so that was the expectation, and which I'm so thankful for. Right? You yes. wouldn't want it any other way. No, so. not
0: at all. Yeah. Well, so when you're looking at you know a lot of our listeners are in their you know 20s, mid 20s, late 20s, early 30s. When when you hear from women or see kind of what's going on on the fin- financial landscape. Like, mm-hmm. what do you see happening in, like, what are some of the problems that you see?
1: I feel like girls are going to be like, I have a couple.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally, totally. But yeah, what are some of the problems that you see?
1: Yeah. Well, what's funny about money is a lot of problems that 20 year old, 30 year old women have 50 year old men have as well. Like it's kind of a, mm-hmm. for the most part, a lot of the the tactical side of money is very similar across the span of of gender or age, which is always interesting. So one big thing I hear from women is, you know, that we just, that they don't have control of their money. And there's this lack of security with money. It's like, mm-hmm. if something comes up, if I lose my job, if, if something health happens and I have to pay a huge medical bill, like I don't have this safety net. I don't have this quote unquote emergency funds, what I call it. Right. And yeah. so they don't have that. And so that's a huge issue is this lack of security. And I see that With majority of women, specifically with this, that age range that you're talking about, a lot of discontentments. Mm. And I think because we see from what everyone else is doing, right? From everyone's job, the, the food they're eating, the restaurants they're at, the weekend plans to their vacations, to some of us, like our kids and what they're doing. I mean, like, you run the gamut of what you can buy and what you can't buy, no matter what it is. It's like this comparison game. And it's so yeah. true. And I always tell people that comparison, it not just steals your joy, but it steals your paycheck. It does. Because you end up spending money and some, sometimes money you don't have yep. to keep up that lifestyle that you think everyone else is living and I'm I'm missing out on. Right. It's yes. that feeling. And so.
0: And the thing you don't know, realize is like, okay, you know, they may have these new clothes, but like how big was their credit? Like how, oh, how much totally. credit card debt are they in? Or they just went on this vacation. Well, you don't know if they they saved for years for that, or if they put it on the credit card and you're going to have to, and they're going to be working for years to pay it off. It's like
1: you totally. just have no idea. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And that's, what's hard is I'm like, you see this snapshot of people like this one image and you paint this whole thing and like, Oh, they must be so happy. Look at their great life. That's so wonderful. Yep. But yeah. You have no, you have no idea what's going on behind the scenes, unless yes. you're good friends with them. But when you're, you know, a person away from it, it's like, oh. I mean, even driving in this morning, it's so funny. <laughs> I was listening to the radio and there was a, um, there was a girl, a DJ girl that was talking and she was like, yeah, after this, you know, I'm going to go home. Uh, we're in Nashville. And she's like, I'm going to go back to East Nashville and probably ride pick up my kids from school and ride bikes. And even just that picture, I was like, oh my gosh, she's so lucky. Like, you know, I'm going to be at the office all day, which is great. But like, I'm going to be here and her kids ride bikes. Like Amelia doesn't, can't even ride a scooter. Like she can't even balance. Like you start this like stupid game in your head. Like, like this why is- are these comparisons? Yeah, yes, it's just so silly. Yep, yep. It's there. So all that to say the expectation of what we expect in our twenties is outrageous Mm -hmm. and it's a lot of times unattainable to get to where we are financially. And so that discontentment seeps in and it's hard. Yeah, it really is. So that's another, that's an issue I see. And then of course the debt, I mean, we're the most indebted generation in history. Are we really? Yes. Coming out with the most student loan debt. I mean, it's just like all the stats, right. Are stacked against us. And so a lot of people and probably you listening, more than likely are dealing with that idea of either living paycheck to paycheck or having those credit card bills or student loan payments, whatever it is. Uh, It's a real thing. So yeah, there's there's a lot of issues. But again, a lot of those issues, which is funny... Can turn in, you know, can be a fifty year old man's issues. Yeah. <laughs> so well.
0: Yeah. It's like we all have the same ones. Yes, yes. Rachel, it's funny because I um I did not grow up having a budget at all. I feel yeah. like I just had no concept of money growing up. And the first time I ever had to create a budget was when my husband Carl and I got married. Yeah. And my mom was so smart in the fact that she, you know, they were so gracious to pay for our wedding. Mm-hmm. Like just so kind. Um and they really honestly, probably saving all of our relationships, they (laughs) gave us the money up front and said, hey, like, instead of me calling and saying, mom, like, can I do this photographer? Can I get this dress? What's my budget here? She said, here's your budget overall. You handle it. And so Carl and I had to do a spreadsheet. We had to look up like what percentage goes to what. And it was totally foreign to me. And it was the first time we'd ever like dealt with money together. And it really was like a a, kind of a cold bucket of water over my head to try to start (laughs) working through money. And, but you know, as we got married too, we, um, I had some school debt Mm -hmm. and then also in, this is a way long story, but, um, in the course of us getting engaged and getting married, we each lost our jobs twice. Oh no. I know. It was a a whole thing. I know. Um, so we each lost, we've lost four jobs between the two of us within the span of like a year and a half. Oh my gosh. So we ended up with a little bit of credit card debt, which I literally never thought would be my story Mm. ever, ever, ever. Like I thought I knew better and I did. It just was like, so much was going on. Life happened. We just weren't paying enough attention and we meant to pay it off, but then we never got to it. And then it started stacking up. And so, um, really money. I feel like I jumped into this, like, Mm. I don't know. I realized I need to figure this out. And I started learning about budgeting and I started learning about finances. And I really, that's when I stumbled upon you. And when I started reading, reading, uh, reading all the stuff that your dad does. And we ended up paying off all of our debt, my school oh my loan gosh. and both of our credit card debts, like two years into marriage. Congrats! And I have drank the budgeting Kool-Aid like <laughs> you cannot <laughs> even imagine. And I never thought that'd be my story because I always thought being on a budget was like being on a permanent diet. I thought it was the worst thing ever. Totally. But yes. I totally drank the Kool-Aid. And so actually I want to kind of start there. Yeah. Um, when it comes to budgeting should we have a budget? How do we set a budget? What does that look like? Does budgeting stink as much as we think it's going to? Let's
1: Talk to us about
0: that a little bit. Yeah, I
1: love that you said that because what's so funny is even though I grew up with all of this and I was teaching it, budgeting was the one part that was so hard for me, like in the personal finance realm, to make it a part of my life and Mm -hmm. make it become normal, right? I mean, it was so hard because I'm just like you. I'm a free spirit a little bit. I was kind of like, you know, it's going to work out. It's yep. fine. Yep. And I was the kid, we were given checking accounts as kids when we were 15 and we had to, they, mom and dad would give us a certain amount of money a month and we were in charge. we were never allowed to ask for money. It was that money. Or if we worked, we could put our money in that little account. But yeah. like, we were in charge of it, and I bounced three checks like the second month. I had it right Back yeah. when you write checks like Hollister. I've yeah. been oh the most God. shopping, and like I like write a check in my little checkbook, and uh, yeah. Totally. And they're like, "This isn't gonna work." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, like, withdrew- yeah, it was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Um, so that was me. I mean, I'm a spender and I'm a free spirit, and so just like you, I mean, I I remember thinking, oh, it just means you're not gonna have any fun because it's like yeah. anytime you talk to people about budgeting, usually it's like, well, we can't go out to eat. We're on a budget. Yes, we Ugh. can't go on vacation. We're on a budget. Yeah, You yeah. can't go shopping. You're on a budget. Mm-hmm. I'm like people on budgets are not fun people. Right. Like, oh my people gosh. On a budget, I don't want to do that. Right. Like that sounds like a miserable life. Yes. And so, um, yeah, after Winston and I got married, kind of similar story in the sense that we started budgeting together and it took probably, I always tell people it takes three months to get your budget <laughs> right. So give yourself 90 days. And we started budgeting probably three or four months into marriage. So we were not budgeting and I think living fine. Winston was the one that was like, we have got to sit down and figure out, what we're doing with our money. And I was like,
0: well, because when you don't, you have two people that are attached to the same account and you go, it'll just work out fine. But like at some point it doesn't work out fine. No. And, and you're like, where is all, you know, where, you know, I went out to eat. Well, or he went out to eat. Well, when does our electric bill come out? Well, I'm
1: not really sure. And the whole thing is like just so stressful. Exactly. Yes. Totally. Totally. So you hit that wall. So, so I started finding as we started budgeting, and I knew how to budget again. Like in my head, like I knew what to do. I had done some in the past, but living it out, and even as an adult, right, you're getting your bills. I'm like, we have property tax to pay. <laughs> like we have Ugh. all these things that it's like, okay, we have. I've got. I've got to grow up. So once we started budgeting, all that to say, I realized over and over that a budget it doesn't limit your freedom. It gives you freedom. Mm-hmm. It gives you permission to spend money. Yep. And I always tell this story because it was it was my moment, this light bulb moment for me where I was like, oh my gosh, this is what a budget is. This is the feeling with it because we were about two years into budgeting and we decided to take a vacation to, um, to like South Florida mm-hmm. and stay at a cool hotel just for like two or three nights just to kind of get away. And I remember Winston, we were at the pool and it was one of those pools that they serve you like drinks and mm-hmm. you know food <laughs> and all of that. Like it was just fantastic. I'm like, oh my gosh, this girl's walking around, I can just like order a drink and she brings it here. It's great. Yep. So long story short, Winston on the flight there was like, Hey babe, listen, don't worry about the budget. Like we had a budget for the vacation. He was like, don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. I'll tip. I'll t- keep the receipts. Like, don't worry about anything. You just relax and enjoy. And I was like, okay. And it was kind of this freedom of like, you're letting me live in my strengths. Like, thank you, yep. Winston. Like, this is me. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll never forget. I ordered, I ordered some guacamole and I ordered a drink and they brought our bill over and and he, you know, had ordered some stuff and I was like, what? Like, this is what we had spent. Because I didn't even look at the menu really. I mean, I yes. just, you know, just kind of kept going. And it was this moment where I started freaking out. I really did. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know where our money's gone. Like, we can't get an appetizer at dinner tonight. Like, we're going to have to go to the Walgreens on the street and get breakfast in the morning. Like, Nutri-Grain bars. Like, yep. like what did we just do? I mean, I just, I started panicking. and And I realized it wasn't because of like the prices at the hotel that I paid. It was this fact for the first time in about two years at that point that I felt completely out of control mm. and that I had no idea. And, and it was not freedom to me. It was a freak out moment. It was like, no, I need to know because I realized when I knew what we could spend at a dinner, I'm like, okay, that's our limit. That's it. So I get to go down the menu and we get to get an appetizer or a glass of wine or order this entree or we won't order that entree. We'll order another entree. Like you get to decide within these limits and these boundaries. And what it does is it gives you freedom where you're never guessing when's the electric bill? Or do we have enough money for that? You're never at the grocery store thinking, ooh, is that too much? It feels like a lot, but I don't know. All of that is out of the question because you are so intentional with every single dollar that's coming in and you're giving it a name. And so that's what budgeting is. And so it's really planning out where your money's going. So I tell people to budget before the month begins. So what you do is you say, okay, next month, this is what I predict I'm going to make. Now, people that are on salary, this is super easy for you. You're like, I know what my paycheck's going to be. It's consistent. Some of you are on commission, and it That's how I am, right? It depends on how many speaking things I have. I mean, it's just every month is different. So you kind of have to guesstimate a little bit at that point and say, okay, realistically, this is around what we're gonna make. And then you list out all of your expenses. So everything that month that you have to pay for. And this is everything from rent and a mortgage to electric to out to eat to groceries, uh, to cable to cell phone insurance, everything you pay throughout the month. You list it, and you say, okay, here are what we're going to spend on each category, and the goal is to take your income for the month minus all of those expenses, and that's going to equal zero. So every dollar you have coming in is assigned to a category. Now, also in that budget is giving and saving. Mm-hmm. So it's not all expenses, right? You're not gonna spend everything on there. So you'll give some, you'll save some, and then you and then you list it all out. Um, and so we, I use every dollar. It's our budgeting app we have, and it's amazing. So all the categories that you're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't even know what I spend money on. Every dollar has it listed out. Majority of what people spend money on. You can add categories, take them away. And the important thing too is to do it every single month because every month it's gonna change. Every month's gonna change. And so once and I, that happens to us. I mean, we look up, for the most part, things are going to be consistent. Your bills are going to be pretty similar to what they are month to month. Uh, but things come up, whether it's a trip or it's a friend's birthday and you're going to buy her a gift. I mean, whatever it is, you try to think through exactly. And if you're married... This is a great point of communication <laughs> because Wednesday night we do this, we like go through our budget and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. We have, you know, he's like, okay, well I'm going here that night with Drew. I'm like, oh, you are? What are you doing? Oh, I didn't tell you, but we have, you know, and it's like, okay, good to know. Like, yep. it's amazing. You kind of plan out a little bit of your month and say, okay, this is what we have coming up. And it's a great communication point for us at least to say, oh yeah, this is good. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yes, doing that. And again, give yourself 90 days because it can be very overwhelming. The first mm-hmm. month it's going to be a disaster. So, so prepare your hearts. Yep. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> What did Get I spend? Ready. Yeah. Yes. And, and even look back, um, you know, in your checking account for the last couple of months and see, you know, realistically on average, this is what I'm spending at groceries and put that in there. And you may look and be like, that's ridiculous that I spend this much going out to eat. This is what I spend at restaurants. That's going to make you want to throw up. Like when you, if you've not kept track of what you spend going out to eat, it's horrible, or at least for me it was. I mean, yeah. we went out to eat all the time. And so again, if you have the money, you can totally do that, but plan for it and say, okay, this is the amount of money we're going to spend. And it, it, it's interesting because, again, you you have these limits and boundaries because you can't go over the budget. You can't spend more than what you're making is the goal. Um, and you also have to say no to yourself at times. Like it gets to the end of the month and it's like, okay, we've spent almost everything and there's not money – in a certain category to transition to out to eat because I want to go here, Maybe there's nothing left and you have to say no. Like we're gonna have some beans that are in exactly, the pantry. totally. Yeah. I mean you make up something. Yeah. Yep. I mean, and that's not fun, right? That's not always enjoyable nights. But what you're doing is you're giving yourself discipline and being able to say no to yourself is huge when it comes to winning with money because it's so easy. You can say yes to anything. I mean the path of debt and having credit cards on that, you get to say yes to pretty much anything you want. Yeah. And so having to say no is difficult, but man, getting that in a habit in your life, you're gonna look up if you start this you'll look up in 6 months and be like how did i how did i live without it just like yes. what you're saying and that's what it's, i love your story it's that
0: it's game changing and it's funny because like i mean truly like i just have to say i'm the least likely candidate to like this or be good at this and it really it has been a game changer for me. Mm. My um, birthday, like we said, was a couple weeks ago. Actually, it was last week, and um, we—this was not a birthday present. I need to be clear. We had been saving for this for like years, but I got a new car. Oh, congrats! And I, I know, that's and I, fun. It, I was able to get it on my birthday, um, which was really <gasps> so fun. fun. So I know it wasn't a birthday present, but it like was a birthday yeah, present, totally. Yeah. Um, but it was crazy because we on my birthday were able to buy me a car. Mm. And go out to eat and Carl bought me a massage. Okay. That's a huge financial day. But honestly, I did not feel stressed at all because we had birthday dinner money set aside. We had like birthday day money set aside and we'd been saving for this car for years. And so it was like, we were able to write this check with no guilt, no fear, totally fine because, and they were all separate categories and we knew what
1: we were doing in each one. It like, yeah. Game changer. That's amazing. I mean, seriously, that's it. I mean, it's incredible. Yeah. And what's so funny when you're saving up for something like that, like right before you write that check, you're like, hmm. Do I? Yeah, I do. And you know what I mean? Like, majority of the time you follow through with what you've been saving, but there have been times where I've saved up for something like a purse and I'm like, oh, now it's kind of out of season. I don't really want that anymore. And yes. so I'll change my mind, you know? But yep. it gives you the the mindset to be able to have options. Yep. And when you're scarce and you have no plan, suddenly you get to a point of crisis and you feel like there's no options. Yep. And that's where the stress builds up. And so yep. that's what you guys have done. And it's great. And you get, and that's the thing is, again, when you have the money, you can live the type of life you want within your, within your choice, but you can go get a massage on your yep. birthday and budget for it. And yep. it's great. And so, it doesn't, it doesn't, awesome. you're
0: not freaking out as you're sitting on the massage table. Like, oh <laughs> my right. gosh, how much is this
1: costing? <laughs> yes, 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 yes. That's great.
0: <laughs> this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book. And while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies, and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Talk to me about debt because I know, I mean, I, you know, I sort of confess that, that I came into our marriage with school debt and Mm -hmm. also that we racked up some credit card debt, which again, like, how did that even happen? I feel like everyone asks that. How did this even happen? Yes. Yes. Um, If we, one, how do we keep ourselves out of debt? Yeah. Give us your debt spiel about like why debt's bad, you know, how we don't get into it. And then also if
1: we are in debt, like how the heck do we climb out? Sure. Totally. Well, that's an interesting thing, especially in our culture today, because it's so normal it's so normalized. I mean, the fact that I don't live without a credit card, every interview I'm in, it's like their jaw drops and like, "I'm sorry, what?" Like, like, really? Like it's the weirdest thing like for people. So, so taking your mindset out of normal is what you have to do. And you really do because if you say, "Hey, I'm going to live normal, normal." I can give you every stat in the book. 7 out of 10 people live paycheck to paycheck in America today. The average American family has $15,000 in their credit card. I mean, like I can just I mean, I can give you stats all day long and that's normal. And if you want to live like that, that's your choice and you totally can Mm -hmm. but to be weird and to be different I will say it takes a lot of work but it's so worth it at the end because if you are in debt you may have gotten to this point, maybe not, but there's an emotional, spiritual toll that it takes on you. And scripture is very clear about debt. It's not a sin. It never says it's a sin. It's not a salvation issue. So you can go to heaven if you have student loans, right? Like you're (laughs) fine. You're fine. You don't even have to confess, you know, you're fine. It is not a sin. It's not a sin. But every time debt is mentioned, it's in a negative fashion. It's a burden. It's a curse on your family. In Proverbs, it says the borrower is slave to the lender. Which and so I feel like everyone's like, yes, yeah, exactly I mean, that. It is. It's, so it's just not wise. And so that's my thing over and over again is, again, it's not a sin for believers out there, but it's just not wise. If you can truly live on less than you make, you create that budget, which is going to be your roadmap for your life financially, it's amazing that you can do it because, again, it's, it's the standard of living that we've set for ourselves. It's unattainable. The fact that we all have to have two cars live in this type of house in this part of town and do, you know, have these clothes. It's like, it's like this lifestyle our world has created, which is just crap. It really is. I'm like, who says that that's how it's supposed to be? And, and stuff is okay. And I always tell people this too, that it's okay to have nice stuff. Just don't let your nice stuff have you. Oh my gosh. And it can have you, yeah, by going into debt because you're now a slave To that car, you're a slave to that purse that you charge for. Like you are a slave to that, but also emotionally. Money can own people and stuff can own people emotionally, where you think my happiness, my identity is wrapped up in that thing or that type of lifestyle. And stuff can have you, and that's an empty path, and we can talk about that too, but that's an empty road, and we all, you know, really. if you're a believer, you know that, that yep. stuff is not going to make you happy. It's fun. You get a new
0: car, and you go, wow, this is really great. Like, this car is really nice, but I li- like I literally don't feel any different. Yes, you don't except, feel any... No, you, you don't. think you're going to,
1: you don't. And what's the... I won't get out. I will go back on debt. but yes, and I had that moment. I teach about this again. It's so funny, day in and day out, but God still puts these lessons in front of me, and there was these pair of shoes that I've wanted for years. Like, it's a brand. Uh-huh. <sighs> I don't even want to say the brand. I don't know if I should, but it's a brand and a very expensive like brand. Like a good one? Yes. that yeah. like, it's stupid pricing and it's like, I would never pay that much for parachutes, right? I've always said that, but I'm like, yeah. oh, there's just that, that parachute. I'm like, man, I could just have one pair of that brand. I mean, I've said this for years and probably four years because even when my first book came out, my dad was like, you know, take your first check that you get with the, your publishing check and like go spend something, go spend some money and enjoy it. Like enjoy the hard work and buy something you never would buy. And I was going to buy a pair of those shoes and I couldn't, I still couldn't do it. I was like, I can't do it. I can't do it. So after my second daughter was born uh, just nine months ago, the FedEx guy like rang my doorbell and I thought it was Amazon prime or whatever. And so I went or actually Winston, my husband went and took a box and he was like, Hey, sit down on the couch. And I was like, (gasps) okay, what? And he was like, this is, you know, your, your gift. You know, you've, been Great with this pregnancy, blah blah blah. And I wanted to do this for you, and so I opened it up and it was a pair of these shoes. And to say I cried is not in life, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Nurse, I was my hormones were crazy, all that. But I I started crying, I was like, Babe, what? Like, you bought me these pairs. I mean, this is this was like a moment in my life that I thought everything's gonna change, <laughs> not really, but I thought I've put these it. on, I, and I'd be, yes, yeah, I've made it like this. I have a pair of these shoes, and can I tell you, those dang shoes have set in my closet, I've worn them probably 10 times. I'm still the same person. I still have to get up every morning, feed babies, go to work. Like your life does not change. And it was one of those reminders of like God was like, enjoy the shoes, Rachel, but you're going to realize very quickly that stuff is just stuff. And you still have to be reminded of that. Yes. So so all that to say, I get it. I totally get it. But, but when it goes, when it comes to debt and getting out, number one, remember that debt, uh, it steals your income. And my friend Chris Hogan says this. He steals your income, but it also steals your sleep at night. Mm-hmm. It steals your freedom. It steals your options. So much happens. And again, if you are in debt and you have that burden and that feeling, you know this. Like as yes. I'm saying it, you know that feeling. And so understanding that when you have no debt payments at all, there's no payments. When your income comes in, you get to decide what to do with it. All of it. Could you imagine like, all your income, even take out a mortgage. Like, could you imagine even paying off your house early, paying it off in 15 years versus 30 years? I mean, all the money you have that you've worked for comes in and you get to say, hey, I want to give some away. Uh, we're going to we're gonna invest some of this and we're going to actually start retirement investing that, you know, it seems like it takes you 30 years to even get to that point now. You know, we're going to give, you know, we're going to give, save, spend, whatever you want to do, you have the option. It gives you options when you don't have debt. And so that's a huge thing. Now, those of you that are in debt and you're thinking, okay. Where do I even begin? The best way to get out of debt, the most effective way is to list out all of your debts, everything but your house. So if you have a mortgage, don't worry about that. But everything, all consumer debt, put it on paper and say, okay, I'm going to list it out smallest amount to largest amount. Okay. Mm -hmm. Not highest interest rate or lowest interest rate. Forget the interest rates. Smallest amount to largest amount. And you're going to pay minimum payments on everything. Okay. And you're going to say, okay, minimum payments. I'm going to keep up to date, right? I'm Mm -hmm. not going to get behind. We're going to pay minimum payments on everything. And any amount of money I can squeeze out of the budget to pay off the smallest debt that's what I'm going to do. And okay. this is like looking at your budget and saying, "You know what? We're not going to go out to eat at all this month. We're going to be extreme and we're going to take all that out to eat money and we're going to I'm not going to go shopping. The clothing line item in the budget, we're going to take all that money and we're going to do it. I'm going to get an extra job. We're going to sell something. We're going to sell the, one of the five TVs we have or whatever. you know what I mean? yep. It's like, we're going to get rid of some stuff. Yep. And you kind of go extreme for a season. Mm-hmm. And so you say, we're going to put all that money and you're going to pay off that smallest debt. Even if it's a $200 Macy's credit card, whatever it is, yeah. pay it off. And then once that's paid off, take all the money you were focused on that and roll it over to the second smallest debt. And you keep going and going. And what's so great is once the smallest debts are getting paid off, those minimum payments that you were paying on those, once they're paid off, you take all those minimum payments. Payments and all the extra money you can squeeze out of the budget, roll it over, and keep paying it off. And it's amazing how much the human spirit comes intact as you start to do this. Because some people say, well, mathematically, you know, you should pay off the highest interest rate first. Mathematically, that makes sense. Yeah. It's like, well, if we were doing math, we wouldn't be in credit card debt. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, so math isn't always, always the game changer here, right? It is the human spirit. And when you pay off those certain amounts, especially you out there that thinking, I can't do this, when you pay off that first debt, it's like I did that. Yeah. We did that. And you cross it off with, and you have it visual. I love visual stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And like put a huge X through it. I don't care what it is. Like throw, you know, throw tomato sauce at it in the kitchen, whatever it is. Like, get like just cover that number up and it's like, we are done with that. We did it? We did it. Yes. yes. And it does. It gets it feels this fire in you where you see hope on the other side. And you said, okay, we can do this. And so it's it's a powerful thing. But it takes people on average anywhere from 18 to 24 months. Okay. And these are people. I mean, you hear cr- and not a lot of income and crazy amounts of debt, but you get so fueled by this fire of like we can do this that you you go down this you go down this path and it's it's incredible, it's absolutely incredible. And so that's my big thing for people. And don't feel shame for the decisions you've made. Yeah, are you reaping some of the consequences? Maybe, yeah, because if you have credit card payments coming in, like you feel that. Um, but your past does not have to be an indicator of your future, and mm. you really can say from this point forward we're going to do something different. And it's radical and it's crazy. Your friends are going to think you're nuts. Uh, but it puts you in a position again where you have options and if, and I've heard so many beautiful stories of people they do this and it's like, God was, I, I, I get to quit my job now, the job I've hated, but I've been in cause it paid well. And now I can do something that I, I don't have to pay. They don't pay me as much, but it's my passion. It's what I want to do. And I wouldn't be able to do that if I had all this debt. And so it's just, it's amazing. It frees up so much stuff in your life and just even the emotional toll. And you can probably attest to that of just yeah. when you don't have payments you know it's just it's amazing so
0: my girlfriend uh when we were you know i was telling her kind of the situation we were in and she said and i'm i'm sure that like you say this all the time and uh, like i feel like you know, every Ramsey person probably says this a ton, um, but that you get a raise when you pay off your debt. Yes. Like all of a sudden there's hundreds of dollars that we were putting <laughs> towards these, you know, payments. All of a sudden we got to like, it felt like getting a raise and it yes. was amazing. And the thing that you said about options, I feel like is so true because one of the things I hear most from the, um, you know, women in our community, when they're talking about money is like, you know, I want to go on this mission trip, but I feel like it's, I I can't, I have all this student debt or, you know, I, I hate my job, but I can't quit because I have, you know, all this debt or, you know, even like I'm in this relationship. I don't feel like I can get out because I can't afford to get out. Mm. Um, they're just all these different, I, I was reading this article about kind of the financial landscape for us as women these days. And, um, I'm going to misremember exactly what it was called. And also it's a really bad cuss word. So I'm going to <laughs> sort of a hint at it, but it was basically like, they said we need a, like an F off fund. Oh, and yes. it was, and really what they were saying is we need some savings in our life. We need to be on top of our lives as women because Sometimes we get ourselves in situations or we can't get out of situations where we're not being treated well, mm-hmm. where we're not safe, where we're not, you know, we're, we're in a relationship with someone or where, you know, we've for some reason, you know, moved in with someone. We can't leave because we can't afford our own place. Like we are stuck in a lot of different situations. And sometimes that's like casual, you know, it's like, I want to do this and I can't, you know, and that's kind of stinky. Sometimes it's dangerous where it's like, I can't take care of my kid. I can't get my kids out of this situation because I don't have the finances to be able to do it. And so being on top of our financial situation, it, it provides us so much, so many more options in every, every corner of our lives from the really hard, scary ones to the like,
1: Fun ones to yeah. the passion
0: ones to the vacation ones to the everything. Yes,
1: yes, absolutely. It does. Yeah. And it puts you back in the driver's seat of your life. Yes. Right. I mean it says, Okay, what do I want to do? And so yes. yeah, it's um yeah, it's an amazing thing. It's an amazing thing when that when you're not a slave to the lender. You know, it's hard to serve two masters. Yep. yep. Scripture says and it's true. It yep. is. And so having that freedom of those options, it is it's pretty unbelievable. So
0: Welcome so to girls fun. night where we quote scripture and uh, hint at the oh, F word. I'm, 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 bring, I'm
1: bringing it, bringing it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie's hinting at the F word. Rachel's quoting so scripture. Great. I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. Listen, it was the article. It wasn't me. Um, okay. So Rachel, one of the things that I have read, I've read it. I think I've read it both on your website and on your dad's mm-hmm. um, was the seven baby steps. Oh yes. And you should ask, like if you ever get to meet my husband, Carl, I think you met him actually briefly um, when we met the other day, but um, Carl is like, Stuff I know the seven baby steps I know because I can't <laughs> get them out of my head. Hilarious, I have never so heard great. it before. Yes, um, but we're on our like one of the things that we've been working on is our emergency fund. Yes, that's like the name of the game for me these days. Yes, so can you walk us through like ideally what is the order of operations that we should
1: be like? Following when yep. it comes to our money, absolutely. Well, before I get into that, I'll just say overall the budget is not one of the steps; it's just a lifestyle. So I'll, okay. I'm going to say these steps, and some people think, "Well, it's." I mean, I'm not budgeting. No, budgeting is part of who you are. From this, from when you listen to this podcast to now, now yep. you've got to be budgeting no matter yes. what. So the first thing you're going to do when it, with your money is get a thousand dollar emergency fund. Okay, and you're going to do this quickly. That's baby step one. And so what this is, it's your starter emergency fund where you have a little bit of cushion between you and life because once you get that, and I want you to get that fast. Like this is not a okay. Yeah, I'll save twenty bucks here. No, 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 no. This is like you're cutting stuff, and you're getting this as quickly as possible. Yep. And for the people that don't have savings, this is a game changer. Like this suddenly becomes this this idea of okay, a, I'm starting something brand new. Right. I'm starting these steps. I'm doing a whole new plan that I've never done before. So it's kind of scary mm-hmm. and intimidating. But once you complete that, not only financially do you have this the safety net, a little safety net, but you're saying, okay, I'm I'm getting on this plan to truly get my finances in place. So baby step one is big on many accounts. Not not. N- money wise, necessarily, but yeah, but all that it does for you emotionally. So, baby step one. And then, baby step two is paying off all of your debt, just like we talked about using the debt snowball. That's, yes. that's the formula we just talked about listing okay. out all your debts, smallest to largest, regardless of the interest rate, pay minimum payments on everything, pay off the smallest debt first. Yep. Okay. And that'll take again around 18, 24 months, depending on income and debt load. But you'll do baby step two and then baby step three, which I guess is where you guys are, is to get a, your fully funded emergency fund. Oh, okay, we're not there yet. Oh, we're No, no, we're, we're working on it. It's not fully funded yet. Is oh, what okay, gotcha, I mean. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, so baby step three is your fully funded emergency fund. So, so this how much is should be in there? Three to six months of expenses. Okay. So you're going to look and you're going to say, okay, for, for, if, if we had no income coming in, can we survive for three to six months? Okay. And it's funny. A majority of men will say, okay, three months is great. A majority of women say, I need six months. Yeah. So, I'm like, I need a 18. Yeah. Okay. I know. what is it? I'm like, we have literally an emergency fund for our emergency fund. Our emergency fund's basically doubled six months. It is. Cause I'm like, I just need to know if crap hits the fan. That we're going to okay. be okay. Yeah. I mean, like, there's just this thing of like, you know, and this is not a crazy standard of living that you're going to have. in this fund. fun. This is just, you're able to take care of food, shelter. You're going to be able to stay in your home. I mean, this is, you can continue on your life mm-hmm. the same. And so... Once you get to that point, this is those steps one through three. I want you to be so crazy motivated. I want you to be intense. I want you to cut lifestyle. I want you to get an extra job. I mean, these three steps, it's like game on. Yep. And so what happens though is once these three steps are are through, you can kind of take your foot off the gas of the extremeness of of everything. But what you've done is you've set yourself up for an amazing, an amazing financial life already because you have no payments. You don't owe anyone anything and you have a huge emergency fund in the bank. And tactically speaking too, you can have this emergency fund in a checking account, you know, in a savings account at your local bank, a money market is another great option. But I want to stress too that, that that amount of money, some people, if you're a nerd math numbers person listening, you're probably thinking, okay, I need to invest. That's a lot of money just to be sitting in a fund and not making a ton, right? But this is your insurance. Okay. That's what you have to remember. This is insurance. It's not an investment. So you don't have to get all fancy where this money is. Just put it literally in a savings account in your bank if you want. Yep. Like, I mean, this is just there for in case something happens. Yep. And then you get to go on to other things like baby step four is then funding 15% of your income into retirement. Okay. This is where you start investing. And so these are things like if your work has a 401k, that's a that's an option for mm-hmm. you. Um, a Roth IRA is also a great place to start investing and so you do 15% of your income there. And for people if you've gotten to that step, which a lot of you are probably it's going to be through baby steps 1 through 3 is where majority of people are. Yeah. But once you get to baby step 4, go we have a Smartvestor Pro program where we actually recommend people all over the country that are in this investing world. So don't try to do this on your own, don't try to like you know, buy single stocks and like, oh, no, 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 you're not a professional. Let the professionals do it. And they're going to put you in great things that are conservative, but yet, you know, you're going to get a great, great rate of return, all of that. So find a professional that you trust yes. uh, when you get to that point. And then if you have kids, the next step, maybe step five is funding kids college. Okay. And so um, parents out there, you know, an ESA is great or a five twenty nine. If you're a parent with kids, those numbers or letters may ring a <laughs> For for those of you that not, you're like, like uh-huh, I don't know. Yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay, Rachel, you're way <laughs> really too tactical. Yeah. But that um that's a great point. And then on to baby step six after that is paying the house off early. Okay. And so this is a point that it's like, okay, you know, we've had a 30-year mortgage or whatever it is. I always love people getting a 15-year because you're going to pay it off faster. And when you're to that point of baby step six, I mean, this has been a few years in the process, right? I mean, when you yep. get to this point, which means hopefully you've gotten a raise at your work, you're making more, you don't have the debt, you're funding some in retirement, and you're able to really focus on paying off that house. And then baby step seven is the last step. So once the house is paid off, Kids' college fund is funded, everything, investments are going. Baby Step 7 is just to give give outrageously, mm. to live like no one else and just to give. And so I, giving is a part, and we can talk about this too, but I want it to be a part of the whole process, all Baby Step 7. Yep. But man, once you get to Baby Step 7, you get to be an incredible, I mean, I could almost say, you know, philanthropist. I mean, you get to yeah. be able to really go in and say, hey, we're going to get to give like crazy. And it's so fun. It's so fun. So so cool. Build wealth and give at that point. Oh, great. That's so good.
0: Um, it's funny. So I guess, I guess technically maybe we're on, we're somewhere in between three and four. Okay, I'm totally with you. I want an emergency fund for my emergency fund. So maybe (laughs) we have an emergency fund. I want to. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Um, that's, oh, that's so good. I I'm telling you when I first heard that, I like, I, I went home and was like, Carl, like, thousand dollars in this, in this category, we will never touch it. Okay. Here's what's
1: next. I mean, I just, we need a roadmap and I needed a roadmap and I I love this one. And Um, that's so normal too, right? I mean, like most people, you're hearing all these things of what you should do and what you shouldn't do. And it's like, if you have a game plan and a step-by-step progression, again, you're feeling that momentum of actually making progress and it's a beautiful thing. So that's fun. Oh, so fun, so good.
0: So, um, you mentioned giving, yeah, and I wanted to talk about that really quickly because I know that that's, I mean, that's such a huge, or it should be such a huge part of our lives as believers. Like, that's, I mean, all throughout Scripture, like God, ta- Jesus talks about like taking care of people and giving and being yes. generous. And, um, so w- how do we give if we're at a point where we're like, listen, like Rachel, I can barely. Like, I can't even really cover my
1: own bills. Yes, like, totally. What do we do with that? Yeah. So it's a, um this part of money, it's a, it's a more of a heart issue than a math issue for a lot of people. And so it's a point of like, where do you want your priorities? And I truly believe not only is giving, it's the most fun you can have with money, but it also changes who you are. Because what you say is I'm going to live my life with an open hands. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna, yes, be able to help people and give money, but also it's changing me. Like you become way more dependent on Jesus, mm-hmm. you become selfless. Suddenly, mm-hmm. not everything's about you and what you want. And I mean, Winston and I, we experience this still to this day. Like we're saving up because we wanna, we're gonna move houses probably in the next two years for school systems and all of that. And terrible shame on me. But we were literally talking about this week, and I'm like, okay. God, if you just could imagine if we just didn't tithe for one year, how much money we could save. But you know, and I'm like, we would never do it. We wouldn't because it's so ingrained in who I am. I would never do that. But even that thought, I'm like, but what if we weren't? And what if everything was about just this new house we want to have? And you see, suddenly, when you give though, it forces you. It forces you to think of others and not yourself. And right. people that are selfless like that, that give not just money, but they give in conversation. They're kind. You know, you know those friends that you sit with, and you're like, they just ask you questions all the time. My sister in law is like this. I'm like, Kristen you're the nicest person ever. Like she always is like, okay, so tell me about this. You know, I'm like, you're like really listening. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it's just those people that you're like, golly, you're just, you're such a wonderful person, right? You meet those people and, and I swear, that's what giving does with your money, even because it forces you to live with that open hand. And so, for me, giving is an integral part of this whole process. And John D. Rockefeller, a Rockefeller center in New York, it's yeah. one of my favorite quotes when it comes to money. He said, I never would have been able to tithe, which is giving 10% of your income to the church. I never would have been able to tithe the first million dollars I ever made if I didn't tithe my first salary, which is $1.50 a week. Mm. And I love that because what it does is it kind of debunks this myth of, oh, well, if I just had more money. I would give. Right. But what happens is, is that money, it's a magnifying glass. It makes you more of what you already are. Mm. And so if you are not a very happy person or if, stu- if you think stuff is going to make your life and you just want the next thing over and over again and you get money, that's going to just be magnified into bigger stuff. Yep. But if you are a giver, even from the beginning, and you get a lot of money later in this process, you are going to just be and a tremendous giver. And the amount of joy that's going to be in your life is unattainable. And so the giving starts at the beginning. And so those living paycheck to paycheck, I say this and I step on toes. So I hate to like offend anyone. But truly, if you want this to embody this, And you say, okay, well, I'm living paycheck to paycheck. Okay. What's your paycheck to paycheck? Is it, is it having the new iPhone? Like, are you, are you, do you have the highest cell phone plan? Because what if you cut that in half and gave even just 20 bucks? Like, like what, like, what are you give, what are you paying month to month? And what can be cut for the essence of yes, getting out of debt and doing what we talked about, but also putting something, giving something. So I always tell people give a little until you can give a lot. Start the habit now because it really doesn't become easier the more money you have. Yep. Because again, everything just gets bigger and better. And it's like, okay, or not better, but yeah, in <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. that sense of like just bigger stuff. And so starting that now. And so again, at the budget level, when you're doing your budget, giving needs to be the very first category before you do anything, you need to give something. And again, if you're in a situation where like, I can just give 20 bucks this month. I don't care what it is. Start little, yeah. give something. I always like to say 10%. It's the tie that's overwhelming for some people. For some people, oh, i want to give more, wherever it is for you put that Starting, giving, yes, yeah, start, start. And somewhere. then saving actually is the next category that you're going to have on your budget. So save something and then you pay bills. But but what you're doing with the budget and having giving at the top is you're being intentional and you're being purposeful and you're saying, okay, hey, we're going to do this. So force yourself to do it because again, it doesn't just change the people you give to, it changes who you are. I mean, it's it's an amazing thing. And so, so yes, yeah, so that's a huge process, a huge, a huge thing through this process is, is to be giving no matter where you are. Oh, I love that. I love
0: that. I have so experienced that about like having it change your heart. There are times where I can feel like Carl and I totally have our tithe at the top of our budget. And I can tell sometimes when I'm gra- grasping onto money a little bit too tightly. Mm-hmm. And I know that the thing I need to do in that moment is give because because yes. my hand has like closed around things. And it's yes. just, it's not my best heart posture. I'm, I don't feel close to the Lord. Like I'm not looking to him for, for provision. I'm looking to me for provision. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's ugly and it gets tighter and tighter and more controlled and more controlled. And it's yes. like, okay, no, we need to open this back up. And so usually that means I need to like, you know, give more, give this thing where instead yeah. of taking, you know, my little personal budget for whatever in the month, like give half of it away, you know, yes. or just, it's, um, it's amazing how much it opens our, our hearts. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Rachel, I wanted to ask before I have three last kind of podcasty questions that okay. I always <laughs> ask, like, what is something we can start doing today? Like mm-hmm. if you could, if you could have everyone just do
1: one thing today, what's what would you have us do? Where can we start? We've harped on it so much, but I, I, it is my answer. It's budget. Yeah. Because today you can do it seriously. Download Every Dollar. There's a free version of it. Uh, there's a paid version that you can actually get your bank transactions to the app, so it actually helps so much in the budgeting process. Yes, worth it. But, but, but there's a free version, so like seriously, download download a budgeting tool. It could be ours. It could be an Excel sheet. I don't care. But do it today and bliss and list out all those expenses and your income and do it all because it's so hard. It's almost impossible to win with money when you're not intentional. Yep. And so intentionality is so key in the budget. It's that it is. And I promise you can have a great life and get massages on your birthday. Yes. Yeah. So. It sucks
0: <laughs> so bad at first. It really does, yep. but it's, but it gets better so quickly. It does. It does. Yep. Oh, I love that. Okay. That's so good. Okay. Last but not least, here are our last little three podcasty questions. And also, um, there are so many more things that I know we could have gotten to today and resources that I know that you have that we can totally take advantage of. Yes. I'm going to get those from you before, before we finish today or after we finish today. And I'm going to have them on the show notes. And oh, so perfect! everyone listening, like if you are like wanting a next step, if you're wanting something to read, if you're wanting the link to every dollar or um, anything else we're going to have, I'm going to pull every financial resource I can <laughs> find and it'll be in the shout notes. So make sure to look out for that. It's awesome. Um, okay. So last three questions. First yes. of all, uh, what has God been teaching you lately?
1: I, I always hate to get like into theology because I'm probably really wrong when it comes <laughs> to some of this stuff. But I heard that there's a pastor in Nashville, her name's Alex Seeley, and she was on a podcast I was listening to. And she made a point, it was kind of in passing almost, they didn't really focus on it in the podcast, but it just hit me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And she said, long lines, I'm going to butcher her words, but it was basically like, God gives you so many green lights in life. And as a believer, Go. Like you have the Holy Spirit, or she actually says Holy Spirit, which is another part of the podcast, which is funny, but, um, but you, you know, you have God in you, like you have Holy Spirit in you to make decisions. And so go, she just said like so many believers were at these red lights all the time. And it's like, okay, God, do I move in this house or this house? Do I go to this school or that school? Do I take this job or that? And for most of it, it's like, you have green lights and go. Like, he's going to give you bumpers along the way, but go. And that was just so freeing for me for some reason. I'm, I'm not a person that naturally lives at red lights anyways. But to know, like, you are functioning with the Spirit of God in you and go, like, go do some stuff. And so I love that. And I just, I'm seeing that in glimpses in my days even. And I'm like, the green light, just go. Yes, so, yeah. so yes, that, he can of
0: course correct us, but yes. there's some quote that I'm going to butcher also, but it's like, um, you can't steer a ship that's like in the harbor. Like you can't, right. you have to be going in order to, like, we have to be moving in order for God to steer us. Like yes. he can't, I mean, he could push us, I guess, but <laughs> it right, would right, be right. really uncomfortable. Yeah, right, right. Um, but yeah, like it's, it is. And, and there, I feel like God is not going to be mad if we pick this college over this one or... This yes. job over this one. He'll bless it. He'll he'll put things in our path. He'll take care of us. If he's like, nope, wrong one, we can
1: then you won't be th- accepted in that college. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, I'm, I'm like, there's obvious times where it's like, yes. no, this is a closed door. Okay, I see that. God, thank you. Like, yes, but yeah. But when things are open, just go, go and live. So yeah, that that was so freeing for me to hear that. I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'm gonna have to get that podcast from you, and I'll link to it. Yeah, it was Annie. Too. I'll give her a shout out, Annie Downs. Yeah, um, or Annie F. Downs. She's my friend. So I call her Annie Downs, but <laughs> in podcast world, it's Annie F. Downs. Annie F. Downs. But <laughs> okay, yeah, that sounds fun, and it's her and Alex Seely. Oh, I love that. It was so good. I thought okay. it was so great. So yeah. Okay, so, I'm gonna link to that. It. Too. That's yep. so good.
0: Um, okay. Second question is, what's something that's been bringing you joy lately? And it can be honestly anything.
1: Oh gosh. Okay. Um, I would say Winston and I. For some reason, I think it's the way our calendars have been recently. Uh, we've had so many date nights. <laughs> which oh. for kids, you know, with people with two young kids, like we've always tried to do date nights, and we're pretty good at it overall but i'm like i looked in the past month I'm like we've been on so many and like even next week i talked to a babysitter i'm like sorry once i have a date night can you babysit the girls like we've just like really gone for it and it's been so fun it's been so fun and then we're in nashville and so there's so many fun restaurants and like all these places we've been wanting to try and we're just doing it so yeah it's been a it's been a fun a fun season of that recently
0: that's so fun i feel like that's yeah. never the case like I feel like people never say that. It's like, listen, I'm so, we've been so busy, we've skipped some date nights or whatever.
1: It's like, no, we've just been doing it up yeah. with date nights. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, love it. I had a little bit of mom guilt. I was like, oh my gosh, like people have been putting my kids to bed a lot recently. But I'm like, you know what? It's the season we're in. We're gonna enjoy it. So
0: yeah. Yes. So yeah, we're having fun with that. Have you been to what's the your favorite restaurant that you've been to lately? Well,
1: the one we just went on the last date night, which was Saturday night. And I'm surprised we even got in because it was so spontaneous at four o'clock when someone's like, let's go on a date night tonight. I'm like, okay, let's see if we can get a babysitter. Um, and it's it's a restaurant. You Nashvilleians probably have been to a thousand times. We're just old and not cool. Uh, Barcelona wait okay of. stop that's where we went for my birthday uh-uh. and I loved it so much
0: and I we I don't know how we hadn't been there either yes. I studied about in Spain Spanish food is my thing like
1: yes. I don't know how i had never been there before it was amazing it was so great and we set like they have these like great open doors right where it goes into the patio and it was yep. a beautiful night and we sat in the table because Winston's like I'm so hot can we please sit in air conditioning <laughs> so we sat like right inside but right by the door so you're like we're kind of like half inside porch, outside half yep. yeah I mean and it was so it was so great so yeah that everyone, was one of our favorites
0: everyone told lately that I've been like, I just went to Barcelona. They're looking at me like, yeah, are you That's like old I thought, yeah. and not cool? I'm
1: like, well, I, listen, I just I haven't know, been there yet. I know. That's how we were. It <laughs> oh, yep. so, so good. It was so fun. The top style. Oh, I was like, yeah, so good. it was great. It was great. Um, okay. Last question. Yes. Who
0: is a woman who's been inspiring
1: you these days? I said this on another podcast just a few days ago. So she hears it. She's probably like, Rachel, you're blowing me up. <laughs> uh, one of my favorite people ever, 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 ever is Christine Kane. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar with her. And she is, is like a world changer. I mean, I am obsessed with this woman. And when I met her, I told her that. I was like, Gary Christine, I'm obsessed with you. And so it's been cool. We've been able to like have a a relationship, you know, a friendship uh, for the last few years. But she's still, I mean, everything of who she is, even on a personal level, like I feel like when you get to a certain point, in your career or whatever, she's one person that I, I, in my mind is like on top of her game. I mean, she is like totally killing it. Yes. And if I text her, she texts me back instantly. And oh. she does that to everyone. Other people I've mentioned that to, like, yes, she always gets back to you. Like so quickly, like she's just so available and everything she does professionally and like what God's called her to. It's just, she is amazing. She's like one of my favorite people ever. So oh. I'd say Christine. Christine Yeah. King. I love her so much. That's amazing. Yeah. Such a good one. She's great.
0: Well, Rachel, this has been so fun. I feel like this has been girls night to the max. Good. I've <laughs> loved it. I'm so glad that we got to do this. And I'm so glad that the girls have gotten to meet you if they
1: haven't already. Yes. Um, Thanks for having me on, oh by my the gosh, way. Thank you so for fun. being here. This was so fun. So great. Thanks. You guys, isn't
0: Rachel the best? I just love her. And I love this conversation. And I am so glad I got to share it with you. One thing I wanted to mention quickly is that I know we talked about a lot in today's episode. And so if you ever want to find the links to any of those things, all you have to do is go to my website. It's stephaniemaywilson.com slash blog. And for every episode, we have a blog post with the show notes. All the links will be there for everything we talked about, including all of Rachel's contact info. So y'all can follow her. And so y'all can be friends guys. Thanks so much for listening to today's episode. I cannot tell you how much it means to me to have you here at girls night. Now, before you go, I would love it if you would do two super quick things. The first is to subscribe. Subscribing to the podcast is the very best way to make sure you never miss an episode. It's also a way easier way to listen because it's a way of bookmarking the podcast. You never have to go looking for it again. Your app will just automatically download the next episode when a new one's released. The other thing is that it would mean so much to me if you would take a quick second to leave a rating and a review for the podcast. The way that iTunes knows to suggest the podcast to new people is by the ratings and the reviews. That's how we invite new friends to our girls night. So would you do me a huge favor and just take one quick second to leave a rating and a quick comment about how you like the podcast so far? It would really help us out so much. And I have to say the biggest thank you to all of you who have left all of those beautiful five star reviews already. I cannot tell you how much that means to me. All right, friends, that's all we have for today, but we'll be back next week with another episode of girls night. And I'm so excited about this one. I'll see you then.